This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Every year, the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, gives Detroit a glimpse of what we might expect at the North American International Auto Show when it comes to technology and how our vehicles are becoming smarter. And each year, it gets a little more impressive. Our vehicles are becoming hubs for technology that makes them safer, makes them more efficient, and more connected. Paul Eisenstein is the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com, a longtime analyst of the auto industry and of technology, and he is just back from CES in Las Vegas, getting ready for the North American International Auto Show, which starts in just a few weeks. And he's here to tell us what he saw and what we might see in a few weeks here in Detroit. Paul, welcome to Detroit today. Great to be with you. Yes, always great to see you. Uh, So let's start with uh, this whole idea of CES as not just a technology show, but a technology show that's got a strong emphasis on autos. Well, you know, before I get into that, Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that they really have changed their formal name from Consumer Electronics Show to CES. Just to CES, right? Just to CES. And that expresses that it is becoming a show about the future. I have seen the future. Sadly, it's in Las Vegas, but that's another story. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I uh, love Las Vegas. Oh, uh, I don't. <laughs> well, that's I, another conversation. Another right? conversation. I'm very glad <laughs> to get out of there. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, amidst all the electronic uh, displays that sprawl out onto this massive parking lot at uh, the, the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, they even have food. All right. We, we, we used to see appliances, and as you know, you're now getting Internet of Things, uh, crockpots and the like, so you can control and talk to your crockpot because everybody needs to know exactly what's happening <laughs> in their appliances. But they even had impossible foods. And I think you, you remember Rachel Conrad, who used to work here, uh, work in town some years ago. She was, uh, what, at the Free Press? And she's now the PR woman there, and uh, she she brought me over to see their stand. They actually were introducing their latest version of their meatless hamburger meat. Uh, quite amazing, but that's how broad CES has gotten. It takes in everything. And it's grown from the automotive front from a an also-ran, you know, mostly having a couple of executives like former Ford CEO Alan Mulally doing a keynote to taking over a large portion of the South Hall at one of the biggest convention centers in the United States. And and what is it that you're seeing when you go to CES and go to the the auto part of it? What what are they what are they showing off there? I really am going there to see the future. That's glib but it's real. Uh, what you see is uh, displays by what were there, about 10 or 12 automakers? Uh, of course, the, the Detroit uh, manufacturers had various levels there. Uh, Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Kia, Hyundai, Mercedes, Audi, and, uh, and others. Uh, you also had displays by startup manufacturers like Byton, which I want to get to because they had one of the most interesting things. So don't let me forget to talk about Byton. They had one of the most interesting automotive uh, displays and debuts there. Uh, you see a lot of uh, technology providers who are working on things like LiDAR, which is a 3D 
laser technology that we're going to need for autonomous vehicles. And yes, we see a lot of self-driving vehicle technology, a lot of electric vehicle technology. We see things that look like toasters uh, that uh, basically are what we may be driving in. You know, this, these are the things that may be operated by future ride-sharing services. And while you're driving, you have an interior in these these strange boxes that look like your living room or your office or, believe it or not, perhaps even hotel rooms. Can you imagine this? In the future, you may have hotels that come to you, pick you up, and while you're resting, working, or sleeping, take you three, four, five hundred, maybe a thousand miles to your destination. So like a, a rolling hotel room, a, a exactly. hotel room on wheels. But nobody else but you and, or, you know, maybe if your, your family's there, but the idea being that it'll be fully autonomous. And, and the, here's, here's an important point. There's a, there was a study released about a year ago by the Boston Consulting Group that said, that estimated that by 2030, almost a third of the miles that we as Americans clock on the road will be traveled inside fully electric, fully driverless vehicles operated by ride-sharing services. So what's interesting is not only do we have Uber and Lyft trying to get there, we have Waymo, which is the Google spinoff. GM is launching Maven, Ford Chariot. But uh, there could be dozens of of these ride-sharing services uh, competing, or at least trying to compete in the market in the next five years alone. Wow. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Paul Eisenstein. He is the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com, longtime auto analyst, uh, and somebody who has been really interested in the influence of technology on the auto industry, especially as that takes over more and more. Uh, we're talking about the CES, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which uh, was happening this week, uh, and the relationship between that show and the North American International Auto Show, which starts a week from tomorrow on January 19th here in Detroit. Increasingly, there is overlap between those two shows as technology takes takes a bigger and bigger role in the way that we get around. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what do you look for in a car when you're in the market for a new vehicle. Is it new technology? Is it gas mileage? What features have you come to expect in a new car and what drives your decision-making process? Uh, or are you like me, uh, somebody who is still kind of wedded to the old school car uh, that that doesn't do a whole lot for you and when it comes to technology um, and just is looking for a vehicle more than something that's uh, connected to the outside world. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Um, let's start. Let's talk a little about electric uh, mm. and and the electric sort of uh, fits and starts. I guess I feel like we're in with the industry right now. GM discontinued the Volt, but still has the Bolt. The uh, Bolt with a B. What, right. Uh, and by the way, I drove down here in an electric vehicle. You did? What yeah. was it? It, was the, uh, it is the Jaguar I-Pace. Oh, really? And, that sounds very nice. Oh, it is. Fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're talking zero to 60 in about four seconds. One of the things that's going to shock people 
uh, no, well, pun intended, uh, is what it's like when you get into one of the next generation electric vehicles. A lot of the first ones, you know, like the, the Ford Focus EV, mm-hmm. dull, boring, slow, not much going for them, not much range. Now you get into the second generation led by Tesla, but also by the Bolt to a degree. Now we have a new Nissan Leaf that was announced in, in CES, uh, it will go up to 226 miles, which, by the way, is about triple what the original Nissan Leaf got when wow. it was introduced in 2010. Uh, and 200 is the new cutoff. You're not going to see new EVs coming out Below with less that. than that. Yeah. Uh, but what really will shock people is the performance. Uh, remember the Demon? That amazing uh, Dodge Challenger yes. of a couple of years ago, yeah. the most powerful factory-built V8 engine in history, 0 to 60 in 2.3 seconds. Got a lot of play, right? Here's the funny thing. At the same time, the ludicrous mode-equipped version of the <laughs> Tesla Model S also went 0 to 60 in 2.3 right? seconds. Yeah. Uh, people missed it often in stories. Wow. Most powerful, fastest. Yeah. But they, you were getting it in a mainstream electric vehicle. Now, the, the Tesla couldn't run uh, many laps before the technology drained down or the motors heat, mm-hmm. heated up. But, uh, you know, new, the new electric vehicles, I've run this I-Pace uh, on a Formula One track in Portugal. I ran lap after lap after lap, and I just had a blast. Wow, wow. So um, you're seeing a, a great breakthrough. In fact, uh, we'll have a story on the site. One of my colleagues is writing it up right now on the DetroitBureau.com uh, about the announcement GM is making this morning, looping back to what you just talked about. Uh, GM uh, will have the first of an all-new family of electric vehicles in the Cadillac brand, and then it will spread out across the lineup. And what do we see in range? I'm expecting probably close to 300 miles. Wow. They'll probably have optim- uh, optional batteries of different perform- uh, different range. And I'd be stunned if this new caddy took anywhere longer than four seconds to get to zero to 60. And, and what about charging time for these, these vehicles with this longer uh, time to be able to run them and, and, and wider range? Is it, is it the same as, as what we saw before? Or is that getting faster too? Oh, uh, there's an asterisk on this one. It takes a bit to explain. Yes, you have a lot more batteries. So it's going to take longer if you're plugging it into a, to a 110 volt charger, which you don't want it with one of those, or a level two, which is a 240 volt charger, which you can have at home. Uh, you know, doing 250 miles probably take you 11 or 12 hours if you were drained down to nothing. Uh, the reality is most people, this is a cool thing, most people are going to wind up keeping their electric vehicles charged at home, which means every morning you're going to go out there with a full, if you will, a tank full. Right. Because which you is, plug it in at night. Right. Which is a great thing because, you know, you don't do that with a gasoline car. Now, then you say, but what if I have to go longer? I've got to plug in. There are more and more and more electric charging stations publicly, and you're going to see thousands of them across the United States pop up just this year alone. Better yet, they're adding these new super fast, what they call level three chargers, 480 volts, direct current, blah, 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 blah. They've gone from, well, there's one at the Dunkin' Donuts in Ferndale right around from where I live. 50, it's 50 kilowatts, so it's slow. Uh, it takes me an hour or so to get a full charge for, for a vehicle like I'm driving. But now they're talking about 350 to 400 kilowatt chargers. Forget that number. What's important is you'll be able to get charging uh, with cars that can accept that much energy, like the new Porsche, 
Taycan that's coming out. Imagine a Porsche all-electric vehicle being able to charge up, add 20 miles of range in a minute. Wow. So, wow. so you're starting to approach the same speed at which you can pump gas. Hmm. Oh, that's amazing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about CES and the North American International Auto Show. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. Susan in Detroit, Corey in Detroit. We will get to you next. Uh, we'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you joined us. My guest is Paul Eisenstein, the publisher of the Detroit Bureau. Com. He is fresh back in Detroit from CES in Las Vegas, the big consumer electronics show, which increasingly is showing off technology that's associated with the auto industry. And it takes place just before our North American International Auto Show, uh, which starts a week from Saturday. This also will be the last time it starts a week from Saturday, this time mm-hmm. of year. Uh, beginning in 2020, we're going to do it in June, which is something I have been uh, excited about for a, for a long time because I don't like uh, wandering around in the snow and the slush, especially for that charity preview party and <laughs> uh, my uh, fancy shoes and, and tuxedo. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us about how you think of cars and technology. How much does technology drive, drive your buying decisions now? With cars, are you looking for the newest and latest technology to be in the vehicle? Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Paul, before we get to the phones, I want to talk a little more about uh, technology beyond uh, electric vehicles and beyond just electrification. Uh, you saw something in, in Vegas that, that caught your eye from a company called Byton. Tell me about that. Oh, my. A uh, startup uh, based in the United States, though funded by China, their factory is going to open in Nanjing uh, by the fourth quarter of this year, uh, sending products to the United States by the third quarter of 2020. And it was one of the smash hits of the show, widely attended news conference on Sunday, showing off two vehicles, the M-Byte and the K-Byte. The M-Byte will be the first, and it's wise, it's an SUV. Uh, It is electric, 300-some mile range, but what really catches your eye is the 48-inch, and I'm not kidding, 48-inch all-digital instrument panel. No gauges of traditional style, no buttons except for the printle, the the uh, <laughs> shifter mechanism. Everything else is on this. Uh, it's about as tall as a an iPad standing up and about as wide as seven iPads. Uh, it stretches from pillar to pillar in the car, and it will display, for example, your uh, your gauges, your normal gauges uh, are digital. It'll tell you navigation. It'll show you climate control, everything. Uh, on top of that, oh, and it, by the way, it can display movies and video games if you want. There'll be additional screens in the back. There's a floating screen on top of the steering wheel, which you use to control the car, and another one built into the center console. 
Uh, so, you know, the, the passenger can be uh, doing things. So this as is well. a car that's essentially a video game, a rolling video pretty game. Pretty close. <laughs> pretty, pretty darn close. And that, that's uh, not just uh, tra- changing the way that they, uh, that you, if you will, run the car, uh, interface with the car, and then, are, and then are entertained by the car. But it also changes the way that they're going to do business. This is fascinating because Biden's CEO, Karsten Breitfeld, who used to be one of the top German executives, told me their business model is not just about selling cars. It's about selling content. And it is also about positioning this vehicle to go into the ride-sharing service that Mm -hmm. they plan to launch in China and the United States. And lest you think, oh, this is just that weird Chinese company <laughs> with this really odd business plan that won't work. I spent time talking to Amy Marantic, who is the new head of Ford's autonomous vehicle operations. And I mentioned that to her and she said, yeah, of course. And Ford, you know, they, they don't call themselves a car maker anymore. They call themselves a mobility, mobility. services yeah. company. Ford is looking to do the same thing. So is GM. They will also be their business model is based on selling you things and paying, getting you to pay for content and getting you into ride sharing services as well. You already have the GM marketplace going into a number of new vehicles where you'll be able to have a coffee, a cup of coffee waiting at a Starbucks, order a pizza from Domino's and even make reservations at hotels and airlines. Hmm. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones, let's start with Susan in Detroit. Susan, welcome to Detroit Hi. today. Yes. Um, with bikes, uh, scooters, pedestrians, all competing for the road, uh, I'm wondering what safety features might be coming along. I feel like my next car needs to really help me be a better <laughs> driver uh, as far as, you know, <laughs> watching out for all these other things right Susan? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question thanks for the call uh, are Safety we seeing technology, technology around this idea of things other than cars now being in the roads more often well first of all the car itself is being loaded up with amazing technology uh, i was backing out of my driveway to come down here i was in a rush and the car beeped because it has side traffic alert it saw that a car was speeding down my little suburban street wow. and it alerted me so that i would stop it actually saw it just uh, just before uh, it would have been hidden by a tree uh, you have super cruise on on cadillacs and all sorts of other vehicles have similar semi-autonomous vehicle uh, technology uh, some of which will allow you to drive in very limited circumstances usually on uh, super highways with Hands in hands-free mode for quite a while. Uh, auto emergency braking uh, that will stop the car if you get distracted. Uh, Toyota is showing off a technology at CES called Guardian, which they actually have offered to competitors. It's a technology that basically is sort of like a co-pilot. It's looking over your shoulder at all times. For one thing, it can tell if you're tired or distracted. Uh, But no matter what the circumstance, it can decide, oops, they're going to miss this bicyclist. I'm going to steer out of the way or I'm going to hit the brakes or even accelerate out of the way of danger. So your car is going to be having a lot more safety equipment, uh, already is, Mm -hmm. and the the, the level of that, even without autonomy. Even without true hands-free technology, we'll get safer. The car is is making a lot of 
decisions about uh, avoidance and things like that. Exactly. And more and more of these features now. What's really cool, Stephen, is that all of a sudden a lot of these technologies are being built into even base-level cars as standard equipment or being offered for you know a few hundred dollars for technologies that individually might have been two to $3,000 in a luxury vehicle five years ago. Yeah. Uh, again, Susan, thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Corey in Detroit. Corey, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, thank you for having me. My sure. question was basically the same thing. One of the major topics of conversation I see when talking about upcoming technologies is the safety. Um, we all heard about, you know, that young woman who was struck down not too long ago and killed by a self-driving car. Mm-hmm. What are something that, like, what are the other things, I guess, that kind of can, like, I can talk to my friends about and kind of put them in the ease of mind in <laughs> these upcoming technologies. Right, that this is going to be better, not worse than what we have. Well, we do have a we do have a sales job. I, st- I feel like still to do. No question. With the idea of self driving cars. Now, I I'm somebody who is all you know all bought in, and and the thinking in my brain goes like this: that that I trust. Uh, I get on airplanes all the time that are going six, seven hundred miles an hour now, and there's not a person really flying that, right? Not uh, very much of the flight, right? It, it, it's all done by computer. And think of how how much fewer uh, airline accidents that we've seen in the last uh, ten or twenty years. That's all about. Uh, self-flying technology, I guess you might call it. True, but here's the funny thing. Driving is actually more complex in many ways than than flying. Uh, The reality is, oh my gosh, I've been to China where you're you're afraid to drive if you're not from that place. Uh, I'm from New York and uh, originally, (laughs) and you know, think about the traffic you see. Uh, It's said that even on a highway, the average driver has to make as many as 800 decisions a minute these are little things you don't even realize that you're, not you're doing. Even you're about. constantly just making these little moves in terms of uh, adjusting for everything that's going on. And the computer has to be able to do that, which is why you have all these new sensors going on, LIDAR, radar, sonar, sonar uh, stereoscopic cameras, and more. They're even talking about using ground-penetrating radar to help you with uh, with self-driving vehicles in the future. So safety is a challenge. It's one of the reasons why Waymo, the Google spinoff, just launched the world's first autonomous vehicle ride-sharing service in Phoenix, and they're planning, they're planning to roll it out across the country. But for the time being, they'll have a backup driver behind the wheel ready to take over in an emergency. Um, you'll see that begin to change. I think within two years, you're going to see on some routes that you will have fully driverless vehicles. Nobody in the car, but whoever a is passenger. coming along as a passenger. Yeah. Uh, it will be a challenge. You're, you're right. Uh, it, it will be a challenge and it'll be a challenge just getting people to accept the idea. This is a classic case of needing butts in seats. <laughs> people that actually ride autonomous vehicles usually come away going, I feel safer in that than I do otherwise. Yeah, but yeah. there will be the occasional crashes. And here's the, here's the, the interesting, one of the discussions at CES, Stephen. Uh, how do you deal with a situation where you trust, you're, you're more comfortable with people being killed by another driver, a human driver, 
Than by the car. Than by the car, yeah. All right, Paul Eisenstein, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. We'll probably talk to you a little more in the next few weeks as the auto show gets started, but thanks for being here today. Great to be with you. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. I'll be back on Monday. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you next week.